All right, so at this time, we're blessed to have our first message brought to us by Mr. Sean Witt, uh, entitled, Lessons Learned from a Castaway. Good afternoon, everyone. So recently, I decided to rewatch the movie Castaway. And there was nothing else on TV. I was scanning through the channels and it came up. I thought, this looked like a good, good show to watch. Waste some time or spend some time wisely. Ended up being wisely. So how many here have seen this movie? It's about 20 years old. Okay, so we have a few that haven't seen it. So without any further ado, um, I'm going to ruin it for you. I'm going to tell you totally about the movie. But uh, you've had 20 years to have a chance to see this movie, so I figure that's fair. So I went to Wikipedia, and basically here's a breakdown of the movie. So I'll try not to bore you too much with these details. So in 1995, Chuck Noland, that's the character's name in the movie, who is uh, Tom Hanks, he's a systems analyst executive, and he travels the world resolving productivity problems for FedEx depots. He lives with his girlfriend, Kelly Frares, in uh, Mississippi, Tennessee. No, actually it's Memphis. But well, it was Memphis. Uh, it often inter interferes with his workaholism, with his uh, live-in girlfriend, his relationship. And one night, uh, it's Christmas Eve, and Chuck is summoned to resolve a problem with his job, so he has to leave to go to Malaysia to solve the situation. And the FedEx cargo plane is caught in a strong storm in the Pacific, and it is brought down, and Chuck is one of the only survivors who escapes in an inflatable life raft. And the emergency locator transmitter uh, comes off the raft, so he's, there's no way to track him. The next day, he is uh, washed up on an uncharted and uninhabited island. So he's there all by himself, obviously. Several FedEx packages also wash up on the shore, as well as a corpse of one of the pilots whom Chuck buries. He tries to signal a passing ship and escape the, in the damaged life raft, but the incoming surf tosses Chuck into a coral reef, injuring his leg and sending him back. And he, he is able to find sufficient food and water and shelter. He opens up the FedEx packages that come onto the shore with him finding a number of potentially useful items. But he leaves one package open, or unopened, I should say. And on this package, it has a pair of wings painted on it. And he decides to keep that unopened. So he leaves that one alone. So while attempting to build a fire, Chuck cuts his hand. Uh, he furiously throws several objects from the packages, including Wilson Sporting Goods Volleyball, leaving a bloody imprint on the ball. As you all know, that becomes Wilson. Uh, the ones that have seen this movie, uh, actually becomes one of his friends on the island, uh, somebody he can actually talk to and uh, commerce with. So after calming down, he decides to draw a face with the, the blood-smeared handprint that's on this ball. And he continues to talk to the ball uh, regularly during the rest of the time on the island. Four years later, Chuck survives and has still since taken shelter in a cave. After a large section of a portable uh, toilet enclosure washes up on the island, he builds a raft using the plastic as a sail. 
Chuck successfully launches the raft, and he has it stocked with food, water, uh, the unopened package, and he also takes along uh, Wilson, uh, the ball. Although a storm threatens the raft's integrity, it proves resistant to the onslaught. One morning, as Chuck sleeps, Wilson falls off the raft and floats away, and that's the scene where he's screaming, Wilson! And he's all sad and depressed because his friend he's been with for four years has floated off, and it's, he's uh, basically mourning a loss because that's all he's known for the past four years. So he is left to grieve over Wilson's loss soon after he is finally rescued by a passing cargo ship. Upon returning to civilization, Chuck learns that he was declared dead by his family and relatives and friends. Kelly has since married Chuck's dentist, uh, Jerry Lovett, and has a child. Chuck goes to visit Kelly and finally reunites with her. They reveal they're still in love with each other, but both know that she cannot abandon her family. And they are sadly, uh, they part. Chuck drives to Texas to return the unopened FedEx package to its sender, the one that had the wings on it that he left uh, enclosed. Finding no one at home, he leaves the package at the door with a note saying that the package saved his life. He departs and stops at a remote crossroads. A woman in a pickup truck stops and gives information about where this road leads. She drives away. Chuck notices a wing graphic painted on her truck, just like the one that was on the package on the island that he had left open, that he had just returned to that particular address that he just went to. He looks down each road, and then at one, he looks down each road, then to the one the woman took and feels happy to be back home once again. So that's pretty much a synopsis of the movie. So can you imagine what this guy went through? He's the only survivor of a plane crash. He's still alive and he's all alone. From just one day of living the good life, he is fighting for his life to survive. What is going on through his mind? When he was first alone on the island, he was probably just very thankful to be alive. But as time would go by, I'm sure he would start thinking about possibly, why me? Why did this happen to me? Was there guilt for leaving on Christmas Eve instead of uh, staying with his family and uh, instead of putting his job first? It's easy to have a monologue going through your head of what you did wrong, like, is God punishing me? Why am I here? Why is this happening to me? And Satan is the greatest accuser. I'm sure he's right there cheering us on with those negative thoughts that go through our head that we think about, well, why is this happening to me? Did I cause this? What am I doing? Is God punishing me? But we can gain encouragement from this next verse. So I'd like to turn to Revelation 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now I have come to the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night and has been hurled down. What a great day that's going to be. Absolutely, to have Satan put down. And you know, while watching this movie, I got to thinking about also, at times we can feel hopeless, alone, and we need help as well. But no matter what happens, we need to remember that we need to trust in God and remember that he's in charge in the midst of everything. And he will never forsake us. He will never leave us. So now I'd like to go to Deuteronomy 31, verses 6 through 8. 
to talk about being strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave or forsake you. And then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into a land that your Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. That was a command that was given uh, for Moses. You know, God Almighty was with the children of Israel. They just needed to do as he said. As we know in the previous to this, he was so fed up with them that he considered destroying all of the Israelites and starting over with Moses. And you know they had seen many miracles, but yet they still murmured and doubted. You know, and Moses interceded and God changed his mind. But God promised them a great inheritance. They just needed to trust and have faith in him. How often do we have these issues where we doubt and fear and try to fix things on our own? It did not work out well for the Israelites that were the 20 year and older. Uh, they did not inherit the promised land because they got caught up in fear and allowed the bad report to consume them and they ended up getting what they were fearing the whole time because they did not heed God's instruction. They died in the wilderness and they kept saying, why do you bring us out here? Are we just going to die in the wilderness? And that's what ended up happening to them. They did die in the wilderness. And those that gave the bad report died of a plague. So we need to be strong and courageous. We cannot be afraid or terrified. We cannot get consumed. We cannot get consumed by the bad reports we are currently and constantly getting bombarded with out there as well that we're hearing now. There's a lot of changes going on right now and it's going to get a lot worse. We do not need to allow doubt and fear to consume us. We need to reject the bad reports. Sometimes in life, it doesn't turn out the way expected to. But we still must live life as if we're living it to the fullest. Keep our eye on the prize, trusting God for everything. And you know, speaking of keeping our eyes on the prize, uh, my wife and I, Kim, have been watching the Olympics. And one of the things that was mentioned is it's been very difficult on these athletes being in Tokyo without their parents, training in isolation, and also uh, competing in isolation. You look up in the stands and they're basically totally empty. Uh, it's pretty crazy because of what's going on in the world. But even though this is going on, they still had to step up and they have to do what they've been training for for their whole lives. They still have to try to accomplish the goal of getting a gold medal, even with the circumstances of all this going all around them. It hasn't changed their objective. So now I'd like to go to 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets a prize? Run in such a way as you get the prize. We are all runners in this race. We all have our objectives clear and the focus on our training and not get distracted. We have to be spiritually and mentally focused on the prize. A good analogy of this is what happened with Simone Baez in the Olympic medal 
Uh, she's an Olympic medal gymnast from the United States. And she overcame a setback. For those who don't know or aren't familiar with her, she's basically uh, been put on a pedestal as far as the face of the current Olympic Games. Because she was uh, said that she's going to go win a bunch of uh, gold medals and silvers and do really well. And all the eyes of the world have been on her. But she's been struggling with some mental health issues. Uh, she decided to back out of the all-around uh, competition with the gymnastics uh, because of having these issues and not knowing exactly where she was uh, in the air as she's spinning. It's a condition called the twisties, which can happen sometimes to gymnasts where they lose their orientation of where they're at and it can seriously get hurt. So she decided uh, to step out of some of these uh, competitions. But instead of... Uh, Plowing through and deciding to do this, she didn't want to get hurt. So instead of feeling sorry for herself and spending the time on the sidelines, she was cheering on her, uh, competitor, her competitors and also her team to make sure that they did well. She wanted to make sure they succeeded. And when she started to feel better, uh, she decided to participate in the balance beam event, which she actually ended up winning a bronze medal. You know, she may not have won the gold medal this time around, but so many people had expected her to. Uh, but she said that bronze medal was more special to her because of what she had gone through. Uh, in an interview with NBC, she said, this means more to me than all the golds because I have pushed through so much in the last five years and within the last week that I've been here since the Olympics. It has also been announced that on top of the twisties that she was suffering from that um, her aunt had unexpectedly passed away during that time. So just another example of not letting life get the best of us, getting back up and pressing forward towards uh, the prize. So she was saying that that bronze medal means more to her than those golds she got in the past just because of uh, those lessons that she learned in these games. So meanwhile, back on the island, Tom Hanks, our character, uh, the gentleman that's on the island, he needs to be strong and, and courageous as well. He was put into a situation I can't even imagine. I mean, if I don't have clean clothes each day, I feel like we take things so for granted. And this guy was on an island. I know it's just a movie, but uh, to be at, without anything there would be horrific. He's totally isolated from the world. Everybody thinks he's dead, but he decides to press on after uh, hitting rock bottom and basically deciding not to commit suicide because he could not even guarantee that outcome. Because in the movie, he carves out a big piece of wood basically shaped like him, and he had constructed a noose over this situation, uh, this uh, basically piece of wood that's about the same weight as him. And he threw it over this uh, branch, and the branch broke, and it tumbled down, and he basically probably wouldn't have died. He's been injured very badly. So he couldn't even control that. So uh, to further expand upon this, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 11.25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. This is Paul talking. Paul went through a lot in his life, but his eye was on the goal and keeping pressing forward towards the prize. You know, even though we have setbacks in this life, we may have the loss of a loved one, we may have poor health, 
We may have lost our job. We may have addictions. Whatever the case may be, we have to give it to God. We need to ask him for encouragement and help in all of these things. We have to keep pressing forward towards the goal. Even though God is not mentioned in the movie Castaway, I like the fact that he was encouraged and able to use random items from those packages that washed up on the shore with him. If he had not had those items, he probably would not have survived the time that he had on the island. I like to look at, look at it like God provides what we need, even on our worst days, he's taking care of us. So we need to listen to his small, still voice and ignore all the noise around us trying to block him out. You know, in those packages were very random small things that were able to help him, like an ice, he had an ice skate. How's an ice skate gonna help him on an island, you would think? But it ended up that uh, it helped him out quite a bit. He was able to use it to uh, break open coconuts to be able to eat, and he was able to use it to cut things. And uh, you just have to think outside the box, uh, pun intended on that, because he had to open the boxes. But uh, he used the tool for quite a, he even knocked his tooth out. He had a rotten tooth he had to take care of. Uh, and he wouldn't have been able to do that most likely without the, uh, having these things. And of course, he had Wilson the volleyball, who was his companion and friend on the island. But the box with the wings on which he does not open, uh, he decides to keep that closed, and he says that that's what saved his life. You know, we never know exactly what's in that box, but a fun fact is that actually it's salsa. Um, they had said within the script, uh, ScreenRant.com said that what was in the box was salsa. And the woman that was sending the package of the salsa was trying to spice up her, um, send it to a friend to spice things up or something. I don't catch the, the whole details, but it was sent to a friend. And another funny observation when I was looking into it is on a 2003 uh, FedEx Super Bowl commercial, I vaguely remember, uh, the one opened, unopened package was delivered um, it was a symbolic reminder that he needed to survive, so he's holding on to it. But anyway, um, he shows up to the house, to the person that sent the box, and he asks her, so what was in the box, actually? And in the commercial, she says, oh, nothing really, just a satellite phone, a GPS locator, a fishing pole, water purifier, and some seeds. That's about it. And he just sadly walks away. But it was making me think uh, that parody, it kind of reminds me of the guy that, uh, first of all, he's in a flood and a boat comes and he's like, oh, I got it, don't worry about it. And then God sends a helicopter and I've got it, don't worry about it, I'll be good. And then in heaven, it's like, well, why didn't, I tried to save you, I sent all these different things. It's kind of made me think of that. So it's a good reminder to see God and understand what's going on around us because maybe he's trying to help us by opening a door we don't even see. So it's possible that we just need to listen to that voice because he may be trying to help us with something we're not noticing that could be there. So in conclusion, it took four treacherous long years, but Chuck Nolan, the character in this movie, finally escapes the island and is rescued. He was given everything he needed to do it. It may not have been in the time frame that he would have liked, but sometimes we just have to wait on God for the right timing. And like I said, it took four long years for that plastic portable toilet to wash up on the shore uh, for him to use as a sail. 
Also, an interesting side note I thought of is also he was able to use the vines uh, that he put together to make the noose to kill himself. He went up and got all the, those vines down and used that to put together the raft that helped save his life. So he, he could have uh, ended his life, but he, he used those to save his life with, uh, with help. So at this time, I'd like to uh, have Brian show a video. It's a short one, but I really like these encouraging sports videos uh, just to remind us to just get back up and keep going. And just remember, never give up and trust in God for everything. I mean, this is basically a sprint. I mean, this is an extended 400. 